0: Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast. Well, we're rolling into fall here on the Tour Coach, and for the fall, just like we've been doing for the last couple years here on the Tour Coach, I'm going to be bringing you lots of chats, interviews, roundtable discussions on what we do, how we do it, from players to coaches to caddies, students all of this comes from my travels that are on tour or to Old Palm or from here in Mobile or wherever it is I go around this country, around the world, teaching and coaching at the game of golf that I love. So hopefully, if you listen, you're going to like what you hear. There's there's lots and lots of info and content coming your way that I think are going to help all of you understand and play the game even better, or, or coach the game. We've got so many coaches that listen to this Tour Coach podcast. So, appreciate all of you that have gone along with me on this journey for the Tour Coach. I didn't necessarily know where I was going with it when I started this, when the do Sweepers radio show ended on XM Serious. Uh, but I can tell you that it has given me so much freedom and creativity to be able to talk a little more and a little more in depth and bring all of you a behind the scenes, inside the ropes look at what me and my team do and the people that we associate with it and how you can use us as a resource to help you get better at the game of golf. Look, and if you like what you hear on the Tour Coach, also make sure you check out our Pro Work video series, which is available for you on YouTube and my YouTube channel. If you just go on YouTube and type in Pro Work It'll pull up the episodes that are out there, some really, really great stuff that takes you behind the scenes and inside the ropes. And before I let you go to the tour coach, special thanks to my sponsors that have all been with me for such a long time. on Golf, been with them over 20 years. Can't find anybody better in the equipment side of the world. Bushnell Golf, such a big part of what we're doing with Pro Work and what I do day to day, especially with the Launch Pro. Vineyard Vines, Ian and Shep, Amber and the folks there. Always keep me looking great. We've been such great partners for a good long time. And lastly, McConnell Automotive uh, here in Mobile, Alabama. Mitch McConnell and the gang. There's nobody that has supported me longer. I mean, they're unbelievable. And the folks at Buick GMC for supporting the Dew Sweepers Radio Show as well as the Tour Coach, and as well as Pro Work. So check out McConnell Automotive and Buick GMC. And lastly, our, my friend Blaine Stokely and Stokely's Midtown Garden Express here in Mobile. Those folks keep the Dew Sweepers and keep the Pro Work and the Tour Coach and all of our content alive and well for all of you that love the game and want to learn. Enjoy the Tour Coach podcast, which is coming your way right now. My good friend, one of the great teachers in the game of golf, been around a long time. That means he's old. We were just talking about that off the air uh, from up in Nashville, Tennessee, just up I sixty five a little bit for me. Uh, Joe Hallett, Joe, what's going on, brother?
1: <laughs> Tony, I think our pre conversation. The, the more we talk pre uh, pre show, the more it's about what meds are we on and what is our exercise routine. No et kidding, cetera, huh?
0: Etc. Just don't make me stretch. But uh, no. Anyways. Well. Uh, Look, you've been doing this a long time, had a lot of success. Stacy Lewis, lots of, you know, a lot of LPGA players, um, you know, kind of wanted to pick your brain. We, you know, interestingly enough, I thought about having you on, we ran into each other up at the gurus of golf up there, Rob's deal in Memphis, which was a fantastic yep. uh, event as always. But, uh, you know, I was like, I really wanted to have you on because you always have some really interesting insight to me, you know, and sometimes I think it's good for me, to pick the brains of people that maybe look at things different or come from different ways. To me, that's how you learn. You know, if you only surround yourself with people that think just like you, I don't, I don't know that we've progressed very far. And um, you know, I, we have a lot of coaches. We have a lot of obviously golf geeks and nerds. Listen to this. If you're driving around, listening to you and I on a podcast, you're probably qualified as a golf nerd. So uh, you know, let's talk about players at the highest level and developing them and coaching them. Where do you start when a really good player, whether it's LPGA, PGA Tour, or just a good junior player, comes to you? Where do you go first? Where do you start?
1: You, you know what, Tony, and I mean the accolades right back to you with watching, having you work with kids who play at the highest level at highest level of college, and then even getting out of college and going to tour. That transition is one of the toughest ones, and I know you've done it over and over with players, but. You know, when I have someone who's a tour player or a top-level amateur or a college kid come to me, I, I think that's one thing that you and I are kindred spirits on. We're kind of – we're less method teachers. So mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't take this person and say, how does this fit into my model of what science is telling me is, you know, the, 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 the most productive for getting the most distance or, you know, putting the best, et cetera, et cetera. You and I look at both of those players – The ones that would come to us and we go, they didn't get here by doing a whole lot of stuff wrong. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm kind of focusing. And when you get someone with the highest level, you look at all their high points. You look at what they do good. And I don't want to give away trade secrets here, Tony, but specifically (laughs) at that point, it's a lot about performance. And you and I are, I mean, we're going almost over to the stats page and go, where is the lowest hanging fruit? right you know and sometimes you you look at that and you go well can we work on your bunker percentage you know it's only 31 percent, and if you could get that up to 40 percent, that would make a difference and then that player looks at you and says did you know last year I was only in four bunkers and you go well we could skip that and now (laughs) (laughs) we've got to go somewhere else and that that is literally a true story relayed to me by someone I thought oh good I found the magic formula and I was like you only hit in four it's like yeah we never hit in traps we're all we, we play away from we play over them and but find out what they're doing right and then find out the next step for me is always and it's in a fun way the way you teach Tony it's kind of going tell me the shot that gets under your skin tell me the one when you're playing and you're on the 12th hole and you look down on your bag and you go don't you come out on this tee don't you stay in that bag right now you do not come out on this hole and as you get closer to the and then you can kind of know that the player starts to open up a little bit and goes, oh, you know, because they're going to tell you every bad shot that they had. But the, when you get to the one that is, hey, here's the one that really gets under my skin, now you've got something where you've got a common ground and you can raise that bar for them a little bit so they can go. And you know this from the players you've worked with. You know, you get on those rolls and all of a sudden that one shot shows up. And, you know, you want to look at that and go, <laughs> What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That never happened. Move on to your next one. Right. But You know, at the highest level, they're going, oh, no, that block came back. Or, oh, there's that. Oh, I don't like that hook. I don't like that overdraw. And so key on what they do good. Back up. Find out the shot that really gets underneath them. And then find out, you know, where can they, where are they gaining a stroke? And, you know, or can they gain a stroke? And sometimes the dumbest, easiest, lowest hanging fruit Is to go take players to the putting green and instead of hitting those five footers for hours, go work on 31 foot putts. If you two putt from outside 31 feet on both tours, you're gaining like 0.92 of a shot. And you know what, if you make one of those, you're almost gaining Mm 1.7 shots on the field. And the funniest part is, to a T, Tony, and I know you've done this. And I know you've done it with juniors. I know you've done it with pro players. You go, which one of those holes over there is 30 feet? And they pick the longest one away, which is 65. (laughs) And you point to the closest one and they go, I got these all day long. Well, that's why we should practice them. No question. That's kind of my low-hanging fruit. But just our job, especially at the highest level, is to have them walk away with confidence. Because usually when they come to you, they don't even think their good parts are good. They're worried about those.
0: Right. No question about it you know, and, and again, I think that, uh, I tell folks all the time, like, there's a difference to me. So like when a tour player, somebody at that level comes to you, you know, it's, they're already great. They're already, I mean, if, you know, if they've got a tour card or they're any status anywhere, heck they're what they're in the top half percent or whatever. And so you know, like you said, you're trying to find low hanging fruit. You're trying to eliminate like, what's the bad shot, you know, but it's totally different when, um, you know, like a good 15 year old comes to you, right? Like, you know, then you got time to like, you know, to me that, you know, like that's my real path. like, That's the part I enjoy the most. Right. I mean, you know, obviously we all love a tour player coming to you. It's flattering and you enjoy the challenge, but like taking, you know, taking somebody at the beginning of the journey um, where every answer isn't, oh, I've tried that before. It didn't work. I tried that before. It doesn't work where they're more open to me is, is, is the most fun. And where it's a little bit more of a blank canvas, right?
1: Tony, you just took the words out of my mouth. And especially with your listenership here, I am going to regret saying this, but literally you get that young guy or girl, and it is a blank canvas. And you are literally Bob Ross looking at him, and they go, where did that come from? And you go, that's just a happy little accident. We're going to turn that into a mountain, okay? I mean, it is literally because they haven't had that – You know, that enigma of, oh, that doesn't work. You know, I, I did it one year and it didn't help me everything's an adventure and man, what a great spot to be on in an instructor. And, oh, by the way, they have flexibility, speed, and strength. So a lot of us aren't used to that. Right. No, no. (laughs) I
0: mean, and I, I, you know, like my teaching has changed a lot, not change. I don't think what I ask a player to do or what I'm looking for in a golf swing, you know, I was so fortunate to have such a good base coming up under Hank Johnson and then Wayne Flint and, you know, uh, and mark wood so i don't know that what i've what i'm trying to get a player to do has changed like a, a crazy amount i think my understanding of it's changed better or improved and obviously t- with technology we've got the way to you know to measure and to figure things out quicker maybe uh but the big thing is like with with golf fitness and our understanding of it like to me the one of the biggest things joe is that like when you get a, I've got this kid in North Carolina, good, you know, maybe he's 15, 16 years old. And it's like, he's got pretty golf swing, but he's nowhere near strong enough to do it with what he wants to do. Right. And it's like, you know, to be able to take kids at, you know, at these ages and get them really good fitness and golf specific stuff and movement, movement patterns to where they can learn and develop quicker you know, and, get, and create speed the right way without jumping and flying all over the place, like is a huge thing to me. And I'm curious your thoughts on that because, you know, and, and how does it, how does, how have you approached fitness and not just with juniors? I know you coach a bunch of them, but also into the ladies and the the ladies side on the LPGA. Cause you've been so active with that for so long,
1: you know, and one of the coolest things out there on the LPGA is, and I know I've said it a hundred times, and I've probably said it on your podcast is to stand kind of back in the gallery on that first tee after you've worked with a player on the range and you walk up there and you're standing next to some 40 year old guy who's a weekend golfer who's been dragged to an LPGA event against his will and literally they tee off and the first word out of their mouth is holy and all of a sudden they look back and they go now now wait a minute they're playing the same tees I'm playing and that is past where I hit it and everything becomes relevant Mm -hmm. Because they they know they're not Tiger or Rory or Dustin or Kepka or any of these guys. They don't have a nutritionist and a massage therapist and a trainer. But immediately when a a lady hits the ball and does what those ladies are doing out there right now, it all becomes relevant because that 40-year-old guy goes, I'm stronger, I'm bigger, and I'm a man. And they get that ego in there, and they go, yeah. And that girl there hits it further than you, and it's like, it has to be something more than just brute strength. Show me something. And, you know, out there, they really focus on technique, but they do everything they can to get as much out of their driver without swinging harder as they can. They are always tweaking shafts. They're looking, you know, in the off season, they might come to you or come to me and go, can we change my approach angle a little bit? I know that I could get more distance out of the ball. If I could hit it higher, I'm aging a little bit. How do we adjust my turn? Those kind of things, but it's never about swinging harder. And that is counterintuitive when you watch Mm -hmm. the guys, because the harder you swing, the faster it goes. But for most decent players, you know, if you can control your swing and let the club add yardage and let physics and launch angle and spin, let all that stuff add yardage. It's huge. So that's, that's been a big thing, and that's something kind of learning. I've I've had a little uh, fun. Bob Toski gave me a drill years ago, Tony, and I had to learn to do it with all my clubs, and I thought it was impossible, but you, you took your grip and you removed your right hand and you placed it over your left hand so your right hand was on top of your left hand. You're kind of hitting a left-arm-only shot, mm-hmm. but it has a little bit of help. And Bob would always say, you're never going to be able to swing faster than your lead arm can control and there's a lot of truth to that wow. so that's a, that's know, a good as, nugget right there literally for the younger kids watching them do that drill at Toski and you know and of course they get the driver and it's hitting 5 feet behind the ball it's 2 2 yards outside the ball they're falling over the club's coming out of their hand and go you learn how to make contact with this at a slower speed, and just like riding a bike, it'll speed up, but then your left hand is in control for all that power you're trying to put in there.
0: Man, that's good stuff. Really good stuff there. And, and again, I you know, uh, interesting, like we'll shift to the men's game, and we're just kind of bouncing all over here today, but that's okay because it's good stuff. But, uh, you know, I, you were talking about the guys being out of control. Like, to me, a couple years ago, the poster child for that was Bryson, right? You oh, know, yeah. and, and I still, when I think of that, and, and you know, when players come to you all the time and they talk about speed and should I do this, should I do, I just want to, you know, I just want to create more speed. I think of, you know, Bryce and obviously, you know, One Bay Hill. I think it was, you know, with that crazy. I remember that drive where he hit on that par oh, yeah. five, right, but out of control. And and then I, you know, it was, uh, and he's now he's working with Dana Dahlquist, and and I, I was, I was walking. Andy was playing in the live event in Orlando and was going to be on their team and we were walking and I just was noticing and I, and I and I told him and then he played well at, you know in the majors after that you know and I said to him I said like uh we were just chit-chatting and uh he's always super nice to me I got nothing but great things to say about him and he and, and I said like you know the biggest thing I think is he looked like I said to him, I I remember seeing him on his Walker Cup when he played on the Walker Cup over at Litham Saint Anne's with, and I was working with Robbie Shelton at that time. For and I was like, he had an extra gear back then and could hit it plenty far, but he was more in balance and in rhythm. And I and I one of the things that I really like what he's doing now is like I just you know I saw him at Augusta when I was there with Ben and you know he just looked to me like he's still got a lot of power, but. But he's still, but he's still in balance. I, and going to your Tosky point, like I think one thing that is often overlooked in this scientific age, where all anybody gives a shit about is like your vertical force on a swing catalyst, or they can take a picture of a of a quad or a launch pro and put it out there with what your speed number is, but nobody knows where the hell the ball went. I think one thing that gets <laughs> crazy overlooked is is the balance in the golf swing. And I still preach a lot of it. I'm curious what you think about it. And then going to what you said, I mean, uh, on the lady side, I mean, that's one thing they do exceptionally well that players coming up of all levels could benefit from, I think. I'm off yeah, my soapbox here.
1: No, no, Tony, exactly what you're saying is balance and Oddly, this this tremendous player was just in the news on the European tour, Anne Van Damme. Mm-hmm. She is like, I mean, she is literally a poster child for swinging and balance, great posture, yep. great, I mean, everything is, she's like the, you know, the the Da Vinci d- design of a human. It's like Tiger and, 2000 to me. Yeah. Right? It's, it's yeah, That the, you know, we all know in our PGA are you know all the training we've had through the years and you know oh what okay loft and lie angle and path and there's this one that hides down at the bottom there called centeredness of contact <laughs> and it's like if you can hit it closer to where the manufacturer is going we'll give you a little secret if you can hit it in this zone right here you probably get 12 extra yards if you can stay in balance you can hit that area of the club more you really can yeah and it's it's uh it i mean that that balance means control over your body and control over your body in a way means you have control over the golf club, hopefully past impact. Correct. And like you and I were kidding in the off, uh, before we got on the show a little bit is, you know, everybody's worried about jumping and literally, I don't care if you do a cartwheel, just do it after impact. Don't do it before impact.
0: I I mean, and again, now, like if we keep going on this conversation, we're going to have a zillion people on social media start telling us we're wrong. I'm sure, of but, course. But eighty percent of them have never taught anybody that could break eighty five, so I'm not too worried about them. But they, uh, but you know, like I, my thoughts are is like I want to get a player to create as much speed as they can, as long as they can stay in balance, right? It's- there's a magic formula right there. I, I know I did a thing
1: with our good friend, Ed Ibarguin not yeah, too long ago. Yeah. And I said, you know, what if what if a guy comes along, somebody hiding out teaching somebody in, you know, uh, Taos, New Mexico, and this guy shows up on the tour and you go, this cat plays flat-footed and out drives everybody. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you he's going to be a lot more accurate. You know? Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, you you combine a combination with, Hey, there's stability and power right now. And, you know, to to everybody that's doing it. I don't think we're naysayers. I'm like, let's keep looking right now. We found a way to add power and use the vertical forces. And boy, can that make a difference with somebody? Even if it's just the way you set into the ball, right. setting more weight on your right side, or the that has helped us so much. And now that we got that power, let's kind of key over there and go, how do we make that a little more stable? And right. it's, you know, I, I, there's no, I, again, like the social media, there's no naysayers It's kind of you and I going, no, what you guys have done with all your research and you've done with all these trials has shown us there is a way to get extra yardage without swinging harder, coiling further, getting outside of a good you know body turn whatever it is. you gave us a way to put a little a little oomph at the bottom yeah. now you know let's let's not assume that's the only way. Let's keep going and going, wow, how could we make that more accurate?
0: no question i mean i think that's you know and and that's like when it when it comes to developing players coming up uh like to me that's what i'm trying to do like i'm trying what what can we do to help them you know whatever be create a more powerful swing and you know can we improve their turn back how they deliver the club all of that stuff from a golf swing perspective and still you know and create speed but still be able to deliver it in a balanced fashion so that they can find it Right. I mean, you know, and I think that's one of the things like this long drive stuff's cool. And I had a guy come to me, you know, recently wanted to do something. I like, mean, I'll be honest, like if you're a long drive guy, I don't know that I'm your guy because I, I spend most of my time trying to get people to hit it further, but still be able to play it. <laughs> you know, right.
1: Exactly. We're, we're just going to try and keep you in the
0: grid. And then, right, You know,
1: right. as as we're on this conversation, it's great because there's probably, if this was a phone man, there'd be some guy from over there in Sea Island whose last name is Harmon who would go, you know, that's all good, but there's another formula that works out here. And I'm going to tell you, when the weather turns bad and it gets windy, us guys that don't put that incredible crush factor and all the spin on the ball, we tend to find our balls a lot easier while the elements are trying to toy around with it.
0: Yeah, exactly, you know, right? And, I mean, that was another, you know, I think when everybody goes through that, you know, you see all these guys and girls and and kids and amateurs trying to hit it further and they're, you know, trying to launch it way up. You go to a tour event, there are guys that do try to swing way up and launch at it. But, man, I'm going to tell you, a lot of the best drivers in the world, that ball's pretty damn flat coming out. And, I mean, I I was fortunate to spend five – Five plus years or so with Lucas Glover, who I mean has played some phenomenal golf of late, and uh, is a prince of a guy, one of the best ever. Man, that guy could drive his golf ball up a gnat's ass, right? And it, it was flat literally. as could be coming, right? It, you know, uh, and, and I mean, uh, you know, and heck, I've watched eight zillion of his drivers. Man, that attack mm-hmm. angle never gets four or five up. Wow! Wow! And it's mm-hmm. it's. It's pretty level, you know, pretty level, you know. maybe one there
1: up. There is, Tony, and I would, I mean, you're the host of this thing, but I would throw a question back at you. And I would say I've seen on the ladies' side, I've seen it do more harm than good, and I think it relates over to a little bit of the collegiate side, mm-hmm. and I also think it relates over to the, the good amateur side. And there's a point where all of a sudden, and I, I, I could start going down and naming the names throughout the past 10 to 15 years where a player goes, if I don't hit it 10, 15 yards further, I'm not going to be out here on the sewer much longer. Right. And the minute they go chasing distance, everything disappears. Everything disappears. And I've, I've seen it happen out there on the LPGA. I've seen college kids who are the shortest drivers on their team with a 301 average, you know, if, if, like at Vanderbilt, you know, I feel bad for those kids because you got Gordon Sargent on the team, and you're, right. you're 40 yards behind him if you're hitting a 300. Exactly. But, you know, I've, I've seen kids on those on those squads, and the coaches have come by, and they've picked up the track man or the foresight, and they've gone, don't you dare use this. I'm going to give you the best advice ever, young man. You keep playing your game, and you learn how to make one more putt because they know what the outcome is of it. And it, I'm kind of maybe – I don't know if I'm on a soapbox, but I'm kind of preaching a little bit to the parents. If, you're, if, you're, if your boy or girl is only a club behind the people that they're playing with on an approach shot, then they don't need that distance off of the tee. And if you go chasing it, you're in for a it's, – <laughs> it's not a coaster anymore. It's a roller coaster.
0: I taught a young guy, played you know, from high school through college, to the tour for corn ferry, you know, to the tour for, for a long time, 12 years for whatever, you know, we, we split and, and all of that. And, and he's still on tour, but his struggled a little bit, like, man, like he would go on these, he, when he played his best golf, it was a ball that was straight fell. Right. I mean, was he the longest guy? No, but he was, you know, he was, heck he was, uh, All-American, played on Walker Cups, all that stuff. Great player. Got his tour. Like, like, you know, we would argue, like, I mean, you're a great player. You've made the PGA Tour. Like, chasing 10 yards, man, like, that's a hell of a risk for a player at that level to me. And to me, that player needs to go back to where you started this whole conversation, which is like, okay, is is eight yards really going to make me – A top 10 player in the world and is it worth the risk or or are there other low-hanging fruit things that i can do that can make me one of the best players in the world and i think that that i think the whole distance thing is an easy thing teachers throw out there so we will get you more distance and everybody buys into it but i don't always think that that's the magical mystery cure for people to get better
1: no no it's not and i've always kidded with with one of the young ladies i work with out there and i was i I, it got to a point where they're you know they grind so much over you know they're always practicing those three footers and those five footers and i kind of said here's a fun little drill you can do and if you accomplish it you can go home early and it's putts outside 30 feet and then finally we got chatting and i go you ever play with anybody who just makes bombs all day long and they're like oh yeah so and so it is so annoying to play with her because she doesn't hit it anywhere but dang it if she doesn't make everything and I go don't you really want to be that person and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they started cracking up and they go oh that would really be mean because I can hit it by almost everybody out here and now if I'm making bombs I, they're going to get so disgusted they won't be paying attention to their own game and I go ah now we're thinking on the same but now you're in a little bit of Lee Trevino area where you're like you know, because you and I have played with that person, you're like, d- d- don't even watch if they're 40 feet away, right? Just add one to their score and then go to the next tee because that's what's going to happen. And <laughs> you become that player, and it's not—it's a good stigma, but I think I think from the outside, people think it's a bad stigma. Oh, they have to rely on their putting. No, no, oh, you, you to- know you're going to start making one of those <laughs> around. You're like, oh baby, it's it's on. It isn't a hot day putting. It's on.
0: Right. Exactly. You know I mean and and i I think that's the thing, and I know golf courses have changed, and I know like heck when uh players come to you now and their aspirations are to play at the highest level, certainly on the men's side, power and distance is a factor right i mean if a you know if a guy comes to you and he's twenty five and he can only hit at two sixty i mean He's probably going to be a good mid am player, right? I mean, yes, let's face literally. it, right? But yeah. but like, there's a difference between being able. I mean, you know, two eighty, three hundred, you can still play. You know, I mean, heck, especially when golf courses get firm, right? I, I think you can still. I, I always tell tell folks like your job is. I, I tell this story, I'm, and you'll like this. I had a young guy play; was a really good JUCO player. One of like he was like ranked two or three, made a USAM. Was up at, uh, you know, it was up at Olympia Fields in Chicago oh, and yeah. I had, and I had him play a practice round with two guys I was playing, teaching at that time from, uh, you know, from Alabama and, uh, both playing the tour now. And, uh, he got an, and I mean, he couldn't hit it very far. He got annihilated in this practice round. He was devastated. Uh-huh. And I remember his dad saying to me like, well, why'd you do that? And I said, well, he's wanting to turn pro after this. This is who he's going to play against. He's got to figure yep. out with his skill set how to beat them.
1: Ain't that the truth?
0: Right. And, I, uh, and that's Shauna ultimately has, what golf comes down to. With your skill set, how the hell do you beat these other guys? It is uh, the,
1: the ladies' coach at Arkansas, Shauna Estes Taylor. Mm-hmm. She, she has a great saying, and she goes, They might outhit you, but if you're on my team, don't you dare let them outsmart you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, that is a nugget right there." Because if you if you're just going to play stupid and try and keep up with them, you you're, you're going to lose. You got to figure out how to you got to outsmart them on the first tee. Don't let them outsmart you. Mm-hmm. I can take it if they can out hit you and they beat you. But man, if you play like a dum dum,
0: mm mm, yeah, I had a conversation with Andy Ogletree on the on the last pod we put out, um, and and it was just about like he's one of the best that i've been around at how to play a golf course and he's like okay i don't have to hit it perfect what is the ball doing today how am i how can i how do i get it around the golf course to to shoot 68
1: isn't a that way. the craziest thing it, it is a way and boy oh boy from from, the, from you're talking to a guy who always wanted to hit it great and the only way he could play good is if he hit it great I can tell you, years ago at one of the KPMG Women's PGA Championships, I was walking along with Lizette Salas, and she absolutely hit the ugliest in the practice round, the ugliest three-wood that you could ever see. Kind of came off the heel, a little low, pull slice, and then she's looking over at her caddy. She goes, Cole, give me another ball, please. And then she hits the most beautiful shot you've ever seen, you know, and it's kind of like you looked at, what was that? Well, your stance was a little wide in that. She hits the most beautiful shot you 've ever seen, and she walked up, and she just started shaking her head. Those two golf balls were one yard apart from each other
0: amazing <laughs> isn't it?
1: and look at what is my good shot? where does my good shot get me, and where does my bad shot get me? Turns out they get you pretty close to the same spot
0: <laughs> so look you've you 've been with the best players in the world and you know on the lady side and and major champions coached them. What to you, as we, as we start to wrap this up, what to you is the difference between the very best and the ones that win majors, best players in the world? What separates them from the ones that, because we've also, as teachers, I know you have, we, we've coached them that get close, but don't get over the hump, don't get their card or flounder to stay there, or the ones that coming up look pretty good, but don't get there. What's the difference? What's the, what's the dividing line that you see there? boy
1: is that you know there's been books written about this stuff (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. are they an outlier do they have grit um you know from a from a golfing standpoint the thing that i see in the really great players and i know you you might substantiate this a little is there's a patience to the process Mm -hmm. and that process isn't necessarily the swing sometimes it's you know hey i'm practicing smarter these shots are going to kick in and so so oftentimes you think the work you're putting in, you know, it, it takes two months or three months sometimes just to make the tiniest change. Or if you're going to go play Pinehurst in the U.S. Open, you know, I had a player one year. They started trying to hit the ball higher three months ahead of time. They were trying to do it the week ahead of time. They're trying to learn how to hit it higher ahead of time, even though it might not, you know, positively affect some of their results in other tournaments. But the the thing that those players at the highest level have is is patience and that patient literally gives them a calmness inside and I, this is going to sound like the dumbest thing ever which anybody that ever listens to me it could be every sentence but they're really just trying to get themselves in contention and position to win you know if they're if they're hitting on all cylinders that's a different story mm-hmm. you know but i mean as they're as they're in those major championships very seldom you know when it happens every great once in a while i know that patty had just walked away with the right. ana inspiration her, you know her first major but the the really the really solid ones are always going just get me in that just get me in that last group or next to last group that's my goal so i'm not going to push i'm going to play very smart and see if i can inch my way up there and if i'm up there good things are going to happen it might not happen the first time might not happen the second time but when it happens it's going to happen and because of that They believe it. It isn't their charge into the front and when they don't make it, they got
0: to replan, a retool to try and charge again. No, there's a patience in there patience that's a great that that's that's awesome joe this has been fun we need to do it more often as always i appreciate you taking the time you're always the best every time i see you i know you get to hang out there you and brady and uh hanging out there out in palm springs a good bit in season hopefully uh i'm trying to find out what a what i what a fat italian guy's got to do to get invited out there to hang out with y'all but um, i'm gonna come hang out this season
1: Dude, I hope so. All you got to do is offer to make dinner once, and I think you're a member.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not hard, not hard. Joe, you're the best, as always. Keep up all the great stuff. Good luck to you and the ladies over there at the Solheim Cup. Uh, It'll be fun, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. You got
1: it, my friend. Thanks again, Tony.
0: I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach in between now and next week make sure you follow us on our social channels you can always find me at the deuce sweeper on instagram or go to our youtube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our youtube channel you can find that by looking up tony ruggiero and the deuce sweepers on youtube until then make sure you follow and check out everything tour coach and all our sponsors strict cleveland golf bushnell vineyard vines and buick gmc I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.